What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Guiding Keys, the story of Kingdom Hearts presented by the Unlockables podcast. As always, I am your host. My name is Eric. I have been your guide through the incredible series of Kingdom Hearts and the wonderful mind of Tetsuya Nomura. I'd like to thank you so much for tuning in wherever, whenever, in time and space you may be located. It means a lot to me that you're willing to check out the show and see what is going on in the world of video games, and especially in terms of this series, the world of Kingdom Hearts. For the last series of episodes, we covered a pretty big game in the Kingdom Hearts series. We were on Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep, and I managed to squeeze four episodes of content out of that game, but I felt that it was worth it because that game is incredibly important to the overall lore and story of Kingdom Hearts, and it has defined the rest of the series arc going forward. Our stop today is a little, I would say, less important. Today we are covering Kingdom Hearts Coded and its remake, Kingdom Hearts Recoded. And we'll see what I mean about that in a little bit. In terms of place in the fandom and kind of where this game fits in the timeline and kind of everything about this game, it's a pretty wide general consensus that this game is probably, if you were going to skip any game in the series, it probably would be this one. But I kind of got a newfound appreciation for this game as I was playing it. And this is, was only my second time playing this game ever in my life. I'd say probably almost all of the entries in the Kingdom Hearts series I've had significant experience with. I've played them all at least more than once, except for this one. I'm not really sure why that is. I think because at the time, with the story elements and stuff, this game didn't really offer me anything because I kind of already knew everything that this game had to tell me. Going back and revisiting it, I think there are some defining qualities about this game, and I think it is a vast improvement, at least gameplay-wise, over Kingdom Hearts 358 Days over two. So at the risk of prattling on too long about it, let's go ahead and dive into Kingdom Hearts Coded and Recoded. Before we get started, I hope my voice is okay on your guys' end. I'm coming off the tail end of some kind of sickness. I've had it for like a week and a half. Had some drippy nose, throat congestion, all that fun stuff. The phlegm that drips down into your throat, you know, all that good stuff. So I'm hoping through the magic of editing, I'll be able to make my voice at least <laughs> somewhat suitable for listening to. But I couldn't wait to do this episode any longer. I wanted to get this out so I could move on to the next game and get my year-end stuff out uh, before 2024 rolls around. So let's get to some brief introductory information. And we're going to start out with the mobile game, which is called Kingdom Hearts Coded. Kingdom Hearts Coded was an episodic mobile phone game released in eight parts and one preview part starting on November 18th, 2008, and ending on January 28th, 2010. 
It was developed and published by Square Enix for the Japanese mobile phone platforms by NTT Docomo. It was first released pre-installed on the Docomo Prime Series P-01A mobile phones in conjunction with a mobile phone service called Kingdom Hearts Mobile, which was a pseudo-social platform where users could create avatars and play minigames. Very interesting. Also, I'm hoping I'm saying the names of those phones right because I have literally no idea. The release dates of each episode were as follows. Episode 1, which took place on Destiny Islands, was June 3rd, 2009. Episode 2, which took place in Traverse Town, was on July 8th, 2009. Episode 3, which took place in Wonderland, was on August 5th, 2009. Episode 4, Olympus Coliseum, September 17th, 2009. Episode 5, Agrabah, October 15th, 2009. Episode 6, Hollow Bastion Former, November 6th, 2009. Episode 7, Hollow Bastion Ladder, December 26, 2009. And Episode 8, Castle Oblivion, January 28, 2010. So you can see, once the game released, we got a fresh episode basically once every month. And for an early mobile phone game experience, that's pretty consistent. I mean, this was right at the launch of smartphones, so this was a, a, a brand new platform the smartphone market wasn't yet inundated with these gotcha free-to-play style games. It was treated more like traditional video gaming. Coded was announced alongside Birth by Sleep and 358 Days Over 2 at the Tokyo Game Show in 2007. It was originally meant to be a standalone title, but was later developed to tie into the ending of Birth by Sleep. It was discontinued for download on Japanese phones on April 30th, 2013. So as of 2013, you can no longer experience the mobile phone version of Kingdom Hearts Coded. Now, somebody managed to get some footage of this game running on mobile and post it to YouTube, and it's very, very interesting. I highly recommend going to check it out and see what that looks like. I won't talk much about it here because I'm talking more about the game that I played, which was the remake of this game, and that was, of course, Kingdom Hearts Recoded. And Kingdom Hearts Recoded was a full remake of the mobile phone game developed by 358 Days developer Hand, assisted by the Square Enix Osaka team and published by Square Enix. This game was first revealed when the new voice actor for Jiminy Cricket, Phil Snyder, who took over after former voice of Jiminy, Eddie Carroll, passed away. He revealed on his website that he was recording lines for a Kingdom Hearts titled Recoded. It was released in Japan on October 7, 2010, North America, January 11, 2011, it is currently sitting on Metacritic at a 66 out of 100. Game Informer gave it a 6.75 out of 10. GameSpot a 6.5 out of 10. IGN 8 out of 10. Nintendo Power 8 out of 10. According to VG Charts, the game appears to have failed to sell 1 million units, making it the first Kingdom Hearts title to do so, and I believe one of the only Kingdom Hearts titles to not sell over a million units. It was criticized for frustrating platform and a shallow narrative, and was also called one of the most skip-worthy entries in the series, while others said it was decent enough game to hold fans over until Dream Drop Distance. And that makes sense. You have to understand, in this time span, we were kind of getting... We kind of been stuck in this period of Kingdom Hearts for, for a long time, and nothing had really significantly moved the plot forward once these three games came out. These games have been in development since 2007, and... 2000, we hadn't moved off that ending cutscene of Kingdom Hearts 2, which came out in 2006, for almost five, six years now. We were waiting for the next big entry. 
The cutscenes of Recoded were compiled and introduced in Kingdom Hearts HD 2.5 Remix on the PlayStation 3, receiving the same treatment and it received the same treatment as Han's other title, 358 Days, and there were a couple of new scenes that added additional remastered and revoiced acted cutscenes to tie the game in more closely to Dream Drop Distance to make it feel more like a cohesive story. So as always, let's just start off with some initial rambling thoughts that I had about this game as I played it, as I reflected on what I had played. The first thing I want to address off the top is the rumor around this game, and it hasn't really been confirmed or denied. I can't find definitive proof that this was the truth, but the story is that allegedly Nomura came up with the idea for the mobile Kingdom Hearts coded one night while he was drunk. And again, can't fully confirm this, but it is pretty funny if true and just kind of showcases a side of Nomura that, hey, guy likes to let loose, have fun. And even when he's letting loose and having fun, he's still finding inspiration and creating (laughs) no matter what he does. So kind of interesting tidbit there. Again, don't know if it's true or not, but would be very funny if it was. As I stated at the top of the episode, Recoded was probably the Kingdom Hearts game I had the least experience with. I played it once on the DS. I'm not sure what happened in my copy of it. I ripped apart my house looking for it because I knew I had owned a copy at one point in time, but I don't know what happened to it. So I had to go off and order one on eBay for like 10, 12 bucks, pretty affordable because in the spirit of this series of episodes, I want to play the game. I didn't want to just watch the cutscene collection and do an episode on it. I wanted to play the game so I could have my thoughts on the gameplay and stuff as well as the story and and the cutscenes and all that. Not sure what happened to it. I do know that I played this after I played Dream Drop Distance and after I had played Birth by Sleep. 358 Days and Recoded were games that I went back and played later. I, I skipped them, but once dream drop distance hit that's kind of when my kingdom hearts fandom hit a full i kind of hit its peak and i went back and i got those games and i played them so it was kind of a different experience not playing those at the time because i had already kind of figured out the information that these games had provided secondhand you know going through reddit posts watching theory videos and all that stuff everything that was around dream drop distance i kind of learned all that information secondhand so i kind of knew what i was getting going into to recoded my initial opinion of the game is one that i think a majority of people hold the first time they play through the game that recoded is kind of pointless not that good one of the i wouldn't say worst entries in the series but one of the more forgettable entries in the series it's again like i said it was the only game that failed to sell a million copies so i think that tells you everything that you need to to know about it the whole game basically revolves around jiminy's journal if you remember from chain of memories when Namine put sora's memories back together jiminy's journal from the first adventures in kingdom hearts one 
got completely wiped. There was no lines or entries in it at all, except for the line, thank nominee. This game deals with Mickey, Donald, Goofy, Jiminy, and the gang attempting to decode what happened to that journal and uncover what secrets it still carries. It does come off as a way for Square Enix to rehash the worlds we've already been to multiple times. With a plot that is a bit suspect, I will admit, it doesn't even deal with the real Sora. It deals with a data version of Sora exploring the digitized version of Jiminy's journal. So a lot of the character arcs and character growth that Sora as a character goes through feel kind of cheap and retreaded and recoded because it's not Sora. I mean, as much as it looks and sounds and is written like Sora, it's not. It's still a data version of Sora. I'll admit that coming to this middle section of Kingdom Hearts games, which is Birth by Sleep, Days, and Recoded, I was dreading this one the most because of these preconceived notions that I held and because of just the messaging around this game over the years since I had played it the one time was that it's skippable. It's not really, it doesn't really do anything in terms of the, you could really take it out of the larger plot and nothing would, nothing would really change. I had really debated just skipping the dream drop distance and just watching the cutscenes, But like I said, in the spirit of this playthrough of the entire series, I wanted to, to play the game because dream drop distance was a game that had a lot more importance and moves the plot forward a significant amount. Whereas Recoded, I just felt like I'd be rehashing a lot of the stuff we already knew, but we're playing it now. And something happened during my playthrough. I actually really ended up enjoying my time with the game and the themes that the game introduced, now that I'm a little bit older and I'd like to think a little bit wiser, really hit me hard now that I have a different kind of life perspective. And what I mean by this is Recoded deals a lot with the themes of hurt and trauma. I played this game when I was a lot younger and I didn't carry the worries, the cares, the hurts of life that I do now that you accumulate just going through life. You accumulate those emotional and mental scars dealing with stressful and traumatic situations. That's something that's true for everybody in life. I didn't have to worry about the future five, 10 years down the road, I only had to worry about what party I was attending on Friday after classes or getting my homework done in the immediate future or studying for exams. I didn't have to worry about my future life or, or the cares that the world was putting out. There. I didn't have to think about the planet heating up or a pandemic or any of this other stuff or protecting my family or providing for my family. I didn't have to worry about any stuff. And I would say it's been at least 10 years between now and then, and a lot has changed. I've experienced my fair share of hurt and struggles. Depression in your 20s when our whole lives are messaged around we're supposed to come out of college and come out of high school knowing what we want to do and having a plan for the rest of our lives. And I felt like a complete failure coming out of college. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was stuck at a dead-end job. I spent two years in an Amazon warehouse that didn't go anywhere. I remember sitting on the floor of my room drinking telling my mom that I didn't see the point of living if life was just pain and suffering. So yeah, some really, really low moments in my, in my 20s since I had played this game. A devastating breakup that took me a really, really long time to get over. 
I struggled with all this depression, with all this pain and with all this hurt that I've carried along with me for the last decade of my life. I've since gone to therapy and worked on confronting it and learning to live with it, but recoded deals with hurt in general, how you respond to it, how you deal with it, and how it can lead you down different paths. You can let it sink you, pull you into the darkness, into a pit so deep you'll never climb out of. You can also gain strength from it, realizing that to hurt is to be human. We all hurt, and it's all a part of the amazing experience we call life. Hurt can suck in the moment, but we can also gain strength from it, overcome it. Hurt means we have emotions, we have feelings that the things we experience are real and do matter. Otherwise, we wouldn't hurt when things go wrong. Hurt teaches us valuable life lessons and makes us stronger. It also gives us empathy and allows us to sympathize with our fellow people around us who also experience hurt and trauma. And this really, really shook me to my core as I played the game. One of the lines that appears in Jiminy's journal is, their hurting will be mended when you return to end it. And I think that frames this game perfectly, beautifully, wonderfully. Recoded isn't perfect. It has its flaws. I think it's still probably considered one of the most forgettable games in the series. But my second playthrough of this game made it memorable for me and made me see it in a completely different light. And I think because of these themes makes it worthy of revisiting, especially if you're a person that's struggled with these kinds of things, because Kingdom Hearts as a series does a wonderful job of connecting with people emotionally better than most other video game series. And we've dealt with a lot of different themes in the series so far with identity, with discovering who you are, facing down the darkness inside of you. But this is really the first time where it's kind of talked about hurt and trauma and the psychological damage that things like that can cause in real terms like this. I beat the game in about 10 hours, so if you're looking for a short 10-hour experience on the DS, which is a pretty solid Kingdom Hearts experience, and you can pick this game up for cheap, I would recommend picking it up on the DS and giving it a playthrough. Speaking of playing the game, let's talk a little bit about the gameplay and presentation. So just to start off, I'll set your expectations reasonably. This feels like a hand game. It feels like a direct sequel coming from 358 Days, but I think this being the second crack that hand got at, at a Kingdom Hearts title, it is greatly enhanced in many ways. Combat feels more like a one-to-one -one comparison to Kingdom Hearts 1. It feels it feels like a more refined version of the combat in Days. It's much more balanced. Enemies don't interrupt you at random. They stagger. The movement feels better. It is Days perfected, if you could. I think 
Hand and Nomura and Square really got a handle on creating a 3D Kingdom Hearts game on the DS by the time Recoded rolled around. And I think they used a lot of these lessons, too, in creating Dream Drop Distance on the more powerful 3DS hardware. So this is really kind of the culmination. This is really kind of the culmination of all of Square's work on the Nintendo DS and all of Hand's work on the Nintendo DS. Seeing, like I said at the at the top and at my initial thoughts section, we are in a data version of Jiminy's Journal, so everything is themed around a digital computer CPU technology standpoint. You're going through a digitized areas. You're going through digitized versions of worlds of areas. Characters teleport in and out with like the binary code ones and zeros. You go into secret sectors that are like these platforming sections with these blocks that look like it would be inside of a computer type thing. The whole game is themed around that presentation, which is pretty unique in the series and, and I think is pretty cool. So you control Data Sora, like I said, and the way you level up is actually kind of similar to the way you level up in Days. And this is probably one of my favorite aspects of the hand-produced Kingdom Hearts games. The stat matrix is your level up and your stat boosters, and this replaces the panel system from 358 Days. It's essentially like a giant circuit board, like almost like a motherboard that you would put in a computer that you place panels on. And these panels can be anything and everything that have to do with your stats. They can be level up panels that give you a level up and increase your stats overall. They can be stat boosters like plus two attack, plus one HP, thunder resistance, uh, increased fire damage like plus four. And as you place more and more panels, you reach major parts of the circuit board that activate when you connect to them that contain abilities like dodge roll, scan, uh, etc. Things like that. Uh, you reach overclock portions that like double all the panels that you uh, place between two of them. So it's a way to like dramatically boost and increase your stats and your level at certain points in the game. There are major panels that you reach on the stat matrix that significantly alter the way the game is played. One panel is your difficulty modifier with your beginner standard proud critical difficulty settings, and this can be changed at any time. A major departure for Kingdom Hearts games. Normally, when you start on a difficulty in a Kingdom Hearts game, you're locked into that difficulty. It warns you, you cannot change the difficulty once you start the game. This gives you the option to scale the game as you go through and make a customizable experience. The only difference is if you lower the difficulty, your drops are significantly reduced. If you raise the difficulty, your rewards and your drops are significantly enhanced. And there are a bunch of these customization panels all over the stat matrix. Some that lower Sora's HP in exchange for greater rewards. Some that lower enemy HP. Some alter your odds of getting certain rewards. So Kingdom Hearts Recoded for all of its faults, I guess you could say. The stat matrix makes it the most customizable experience in the entire series. You can fine tune so many variables to make a customized experience tailored to exactly how you like it. You can find normally you're stuck with four tiered or four or five tiered sets of difficulties. You can fine tune almost every aspect of Recoded from the way you get rewards to how much health Sora has to how difficult enemies are to create the perfect Kingdom Hearts experience. And this also ironically 
makes it one of the most exciting speedruns to watch in the entire series because the stat matrix offers so many incredible variables. I cannot overstate enough how fucking awesome the stat matrix is. It is the panel system from Days Perfected. It is such a cool and unique and it fits with the theme of the game. Way to level up Sora and to customize and enhance him and causes you to rethink the way you lay out circuits and panels and all this stuff. It's so fucking cool. It's so fucking cool. Just go like watch a video of the gameplay for a little while and watch like how customizable that stat matrix section is. It's so amazing. The command deck system from Birth by Sleep and Days Returns, but in a much better fashion. If you remember, one of my core criticisms from the command deck system in Birth by Sleep was that fusing commands, it didn't show you what the resulting fusion would be. And this was especially frustrating when you had to combine commands with crystals to get your standard abilities. The abilities are now in the stat matrix, so fusing commands doesn't even have anything to do with abilities anymore, which is... Vast improvement number one. Vast improvement number two is that the command deck system in the menu allows you to temporarily combine two commands to see what the resulting fusion command would be by, let's say, each command slot has two subsections. And you put like a fire in the first section and a fire command in the second section. It creates fire. You can remove those two fire commands. You can use the resulting fusion command, fire whenever you want without fusing the two fire commands. And if you like that command, you can then fuse them into a permanent fire command. So it allows you to experiment with different command fusions without losing your base commands until you're sure that you want to fuse those commands into that new command. This makes the experimentation with different commands so much more rewarding. It is by far the most optimal implementation of this system so far and like i said it solves my core gripe with the command system in birth by sleep keyblades are also treated very uniquely in recoded all the keyblades that you have can level up individually and different keyblades have different ability trees associated with them as you level up a little meter next to your health you advance a spot on the corresponding tree, and these adva advancements are often things like magic, attack boosts, other temporary boosts, auto-dodge, things that help you in combat. If you fill up this meter, you can unleash the Keyblade's finishing move. It is a more stripped-down version of the form changes in Birth by Sleep, but it gives you the benefits of form changes without having to use all that processing power to like transform into a flashy new move it's based and all the different keyblade trees have different abilities so you find yourself often going back and switching back and forth between keyblades based on what abilities you want in the keyblade trees to assist you in combat there are also a bunch of unique ideas crammed into this game there's a classic turn-based battle system in olympus coliseum which is really cool if you've ever wanted to wonder what kingdom hearts would look like in a classic turn-based RPG format. There are several instances of behind-the-back run-and-gun shmup sections. There are 2D platforming sections. In terms of gameplay, there's so much variety here that it's almost too much. They could have stripped back and focused on a couple things a little bit better, but it makes sense for them to include things like the 2D side-scrolling because the original Coded was a 2D side-scrolling game, and the 2D sections in Recoded are kind of a way that they pay homage to that. 
In terms of exploring the worlds, each world has a number of hidden sectors, which are kind of like these random dungeons that Sora has to enter to defeat bugs and repair the datascape. You get points from completing these dungeons that you can use to get commands, items, experience. You can basically use the points to buy things from a determined set, of, like a reward list from that dungeon. So again, another kind of interesting wrinkle that's never really revisited again in Kingdom Hearts. And also something you can do is you can, in later uh, data sectors, you can wager points for specific side missions. So let's say you go into the sector with a thousand points and you can wager 50% of them to complete the side mission, like defeat 14 Heartless or don't get hit more than five times or clear the sector in 30 seconds and stuff like that. So it introduces these wrinkles that allot you a lot more reward points for these sectors. And a lot of the times to get the more powerful and useful rewards from the sector, you need to take gambles with these side missions and actively go out of your way to complete them. So adds a little bit of a wrinkle there for this kind of dungeon-esque exploration tiered floor system thing that got going on here. And that's really all I have to say about the gameplay. I was dreading going back and playing this game because of the gameplay and the presentation, but all in all, I thought the gameplay was very enjoyable. While there isn't as much in terms of story or development here, the actual gameplay is is pretty strong. And I appreciated the game more because of how well all the systems really work together. I found a lot of the criticisms in the reviews to be, you know, it's pretty spot on. Some of the platforming is kind of annoying. And a lot of the times the game kind of seems like it's all over the place. Like they had a lot more ideas they wanted to put in than time they had to implement them. But in terms of like combat and presentation, all of this stuff, especially on the DS, I think it's a greatly improved upon version of Days. I think Days is a really difficult game to go back and play because of how it is gameplay wise. I think the story of Days blows Recoded out of the water because of how emotional it is, giving you that extra context around Roxas's story. But the gameplay in Recoded is by far the the best version of that on the Nintendo DS, hands down. Not including Dream Drop Distance because that's on the 3DS. But of the two games that we got on DS, Days and Recoded, I think gameplay-wise, Recoded is the better game. Now that we've covered all that, let's go on to the development history. And I hope you guys are still with me here. My voice and my phlegm are kind of going in and out, but I'm trying my best to power through this. I hope it is still an enjoyable listening experience. But before we dive into the development history, I once again want to shout out my biggest source of all this information that I've gotten has been the book, The Legend of Kingdom Hearts by author Georges J. Gruard. It's incredibly in-depth, and a lot of this development information comes from his book. Such insight, especially to a title that doesn't seem as important in Coded and Recoded. Everything in the series kind of builds off one another. So please, if you have any interest in learning more in depth about this information, I'm paraphrasing and writing a lot of it in my own words, please go and pick up this book. It's such an in-depth look at the inner workings of Square, the inner workings of Nomura's mind, and the development of this series of games is absolutely incredible. I cannot, cannot, cannot praise this book enough. I actually put a link in the description to the Amazon link and also to the website of the publisher because they have so many incredible books. Please, please go and check out this book, this publisher. The information they have on games is absolutely incredible.
As noted before, Nomura tended to get a little stir-crazy when he was idle. His mind kicked into creative overdrive, desperate to find ways to keep his teams busy while they anxiously waited to begin work on Versus 13. We've already discussed Kingdom Hearts 358 Days Over 2 and Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep. We now turn to the third game in this trilogy of projects, Kingdom Hearts Coded. Nomura had been toying with the idea of a mobile phone game for some time. He originally began working on a bunch of different mobile concepts in 2006, desperate to distract himself until he could start work on his dream project, Final Fantasy Versus 13. He originally started coming up with the idea for a mobile game featuring Aya Bray of Parasite Eve fame, and originally had the plan to release it in an episodic format. And while this game is not the focus of this story, it's an interesting origin point that inspired a lot of the ideas that would be included in Coded. It should be noted too that Square Enix was also developing Beyond Crisis Final Fantasy VII for mobile as well. So it was an area that the company was putting significant thought into as phones became more powerful. With the release of Kingdom Hearts 2 Final Mix, the Kingdom Hearts teams were quickly running out of things to do. At this point, the Kingdom Hearts team consisted of the main Square Enix team in Tokyo and the secondary team in Osaka. The Osaka team resumed work on Episode Zero, which would become Birth by Sleep, but the Tokyo team, which was slated to work on Versus 13, was idle. Work was continuing on the Crystal Tools engine, and Square Enix had made it clear that Final Fantasy 13 was the bigger priority than Versus 13, meaning Nomura would have to wait even longer to begin work. Now, two things happen when a team is idle. Morale and momentum dwindle, and teams get pulled apart and reassigned. Nomura was determined to keep his team together, and we know that this resulted in three Kingdom Hearts games being put into production at the same time. Coded's origins began one late night in 2006. Nomura was discussing his plan to create a mobile Kingdom Hearts experience that resembled an amusement park, which would work great with the company's mobile ambitions. It turns out, the perfect device was soon to be available. The Docomo P01A was set to come out in 2008 and was the most powerful phone in the world at that time. Seeing as the device was still in production, this was a golden opportunity to have this Kingdom Hearts mobile game installed on the phone as a launch game. But the timeline was tight, as the device was scheduled for a 2008 release and it was already 2007 by the time all the details got hammered out. This prompted Nomura to implement the episodic release schedule to take pressure off of his team so they didn't have to have the entire game ready to go at launch. This was first implemented in Before Crisis, Final Fantasy VII, and the third birthday, which was the Parasite Eve game, and had served Nomura well before. The protagonist of the game was to be Sora, but Nomura once again faced a problem. Sora was powerful at the end of Kingdom Hearts 2, and playing a powerful character immediately was boring. The solution he came up with themed the game appropriately. This version of Sora would be a data version, running around in a digital world, defeating bugs that were messing up the digital world. This game would be named appropriately Coded, and would be the crowning jewel in the virtual theme park they were building named Kingdom Hearts Mobile. There are not a lot of direct details about Coded's development. It's speculated that the order came down from Disney to keep it discreet. But thanks to Georges J. Gruard and The Legend of Kingdom Hearts, we know a few things about it. 
Coded was developed using the Mascot Capsule Eruption Engine, a 3D engine that worked alongside Java and enabled games such as Resident Evil 4 to be ported to phones. It was created by the Japanese company High Corporation and is credited with helping Japanese gamers migrate towards the mobile game market. In 2008, the P10A phone came out in Japan with the preview episode of Kingdom Hearts Coded installed on it. This was not only meant to generate excitement for the rest of the episodes to come, but it gave Square Enix the chance to gather valuable feedback that would allow them to adjust the rest of the future episodes before releasing them. But not everything was perfect with Coded. Since the P01A phone was a high-end device retailing for $700 US, $1,020 adjusted for inflation in 2023, it limited the game's audience because not everyone was willing to commit to such a steep price for a phone. This problem was noted around the release of the fourth episode. Download numbers were decent, but because the P01A phone was the only phone capable of running the game at the time, it was impossible to distribute it to less powerful phones to reach a wider audience. What's more, because the story of Coded was included in the overall continuity of the series, Western audiences would miss out on it completely. Nomura suggested a port of the game to reach a wider audience, and work began on Kingdom Hearts Recoded. team considered a couple options for distribution of Recoded. One idea was to release the game on WiiWare to maintain the episodic format, but accessibility and ease of experience concerns caused this idea to be dismissed. Nomura ultimately, Nomura ultimately landed on the Nintendo DS, which had a staggering 68% of the handheld game market at the time. What's more, the DS and the P01A phone had similar sized screens and ergonomics, which would, in theory, make porting the game easier. Spoiler, it didn't. But there was a slight problem, scheduling. The natural choice to lead the project was Hajime Tabata, the director of Coded, but he was far too busy working on the third birthday and Final Fantasy Type-0. Nomura then considered a core member of the Kingdom Hearts team, but they had all been working on projects since 2007, and Nomura wanted his whole team to be ready when the call came to start work on Versus 13 which he was hoping would be soon. He needed someone who he had worked with before and was proficient in the DS hardware. As it turns out, we know the perfect team for the job. Our old friends at hand had just finished up work on Kingdom Hearts 358 Days Over 2 and were available. Nomura wasted no time and reserved the studio to begin work on the coded port. With the platform chosen, the entire direction of the game ended up changing. Coded was a 2D side-scrolling experience but since Hand had just finished work on a 3D Kingdom Hearts game, the decision was made to remake the game in full 3D, similarly to the way the Asaka team had just remade Chain of Memories in full 3D for Kingdom Hearts 2 Final Nix. The RE naming convention was brought over from Re-Chain of Memories, and the project had a name, Kingdom Hearts Recoded. Writer Daisuke Watanabe was heavily impacted by this change in direction. What was once a simple port had now become a full remake, requiring him to write new descriptions for items, enemies, and more as the scope of the game changed to include terminology that changed from phones to computers. Hand attempted to reuse assets from 358 Days Over 2 to speed the process up and provide a quicker starting point for all the work they had to do. 
but the team was unsatisfied with the initial results and went about improving all of the models, backgrounds, and polygons. It's almost like Days was a draft, a stepping stone for what Recoded would eventually become. Once again, as with Days, memory would be a problem, particularly because the team was focused on maintaining the recognizable facial features and animations of Sora and Riku. More detailed character models meant compromises in other places, like the number of enemies on screen at one time. Cloud in particular gave the team a hard time because of his spiky hair and how detailed his Kingdom Hearts model is. But this still left things like battle and gameplay systems to be figured out. And with things finally starting to gain traction with Versus 13, Nomura was busier than ever. And despite their experience, the development of Recoded on the DS was still a challenge. Luckily, help would soon arrive. At this point, Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep had been out for a few months, meaning one of Nomura's closest collaborators, Tai Yasue, was available. He was planning to take a bit of a break after finishing up Birth by Sleep, but Yasue could never resist a challenge, especially when it meant helping Nomura out of a tight spot. Eventually, the scope of Recoded expanded to include all of the Kingdom Hearts teams, and Nomura strategically divided up the work to make the process more efficient. The Tokyo team would handle asset creation, Hand would work out the programming, and the Osaka team would work on systems and overall management of the project. With a bit of lucky timing and effective planning, Nomura was able to stick to the timeline he promised his Square Enix bosses. Despite effective planning and efficient communication, Recoded's development was still a challenge, as game development often is. Hand Studios, with six months to go, raised concerns about hitting the release date of the game. Key and core members of Square Enix once again relocated close to Hand Studios to help out, working with a singular focus of getting the game out on time. There was a lot to figure out, as Recoded incorporated a lot of different genres and ideas into its game. The worlds maintained an amusement park attraction type of feel that featured some light puzzle solving and action combat. At the same time, Osaka was also working on Birth by Sleep Final Mix, and pre-production on Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance was beginning, leading Nomura to include some elements in Recoded that would tease and tie into Dream Drop Distance. In the end, the game would come together and the Kingdom Hearts team would once again deliver on its promise. Kingdom Hearts Recoded was released in Japan on October 7, 2010, in North America on January 11, 2011, and in Europe on January 14, 2011, debuting to middling review scores from major gaming outlets. According to VG Charts, the game would fail to reach the 1 million units sold mark, making it the first game in the series to do so. Despite that, all the teams that were included in Recoded's creation were proud of the work they had done. But there was no time to waste. Work on Dream Drop Distance had begun. Interesting, tumultuous development for Kingdom Hearts Recoded, but isn't that video game development in a nutshell? It's just interesting how the scope of this game eventually came to include all of the Kingdom Hearts teams having to pitch in for this game to hit its deadline. But the Kingdom Hearts teams had proven very reliable to Square Enix, and they were able to do so under 
the leadership of Tetsuya Nomura and Tai Yasue. So now we move on to the story portion. And normally this is the beefiest portion. And this requires me to go through, watch all the cutscenes, and write down every plot point beat by beat, which is normally how I go about doing it. It's how I went about doing Birth by Sleep. But for this game, like I said, because we're retreading a lot of old ground and a lot of the information that does get revealed, I've kind of already revealed to you guys. I figured it would be best just to kind of summarize it succinctly in a couple of pages here, similarly to how I did 358 Days, just because I, rather than be like, Sora went to Destiny Islands again, and Sora went to Traverse Town again, and it, the stories aren't really exactly the, the medias. The media stuff is is at the end of the game when we finally figure out what's going on. So that's how I've decided to do the story. So without further ado, allow me to enlighten you on the story of Kingdom Hearts Recoded. To tell the story of Recoded would require us to retread a lot of old ground. We visit a lot of the same worlds we've already been to multiple times and follow a similar story that we've already experienced before. It is almost like experiencing Kingdom Hearts 1 on the DS, with some of the story beats that are followed. But there is substance here, and what is revealed at the conclusion of the game teases not only the next game in the series, Dream Drop Distance, but the conclusion of this arc of Kingdom Hearts storytelling. Recoded deals with one of the remaining plot threads set up in Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories. In the introduction to Recoded, Jiminy Cricket recounts how he recorded the story of their journeys in Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 in two separate journals. However, when Sora's memories were pulled apart in Chain of Memories and subsequently restored in Kingdom Hearts 2, it was found that the journal containing the record of events from Kingdom Hearts 1 had been completely wiped in the process. Instead of a multitude of pages chronicling Sora's first adventure, its pages were now blank, save for one line that remained. Thank Naminé. As Jiminy contemplates what could have possibly happened to the entries in his first journal, he discovers another entry that he hadn't seen before recorded on the final page. Their hurting will be mended when you return to end it. Surprised, Jiminy rushes to King Mickey to see if he could possibly have any insight into what this mysterious new message could possibly mean. Mickey, along with the help of resident engineers Chip and Dale, used top-secret Disney Castle technology to digitize the contents of the journal and discover an entire digital world that exists in the pages of Jiminy's now-blank recounting of their adventures. Despite the fact that the words had been wiped away, the memories were not and these memories generated these digital worlds that they now saw on screen. But there was a problem. Almost immediately, the screen begins to glitch and fills up with sinister-looking red and black blocks. Along with Donald and Goofy, the gang determines that the data must be corrupt, and to truly understand the mystery of this blank journal, they would need to clean up the data and clear the bugs causing the corruption. But how could they go about doing this monumental task? Mickey had an idea. There is one person who has consistently been able to clean up any mess the real worlds were in, and that person was Sora. If the memories of this journal could create these digitized worlds, then logic would follow that it could create digitized people, too. And so using the data in the journal, they created Data Sora to explore the worlds in the journal and cleanse the corruption. Data Sora's adventure would closely mirror that of real Sora's in Kingdom Hearts 1, 
as he journeyed through the journal's worlds and tried to restore the data so the mystery of the messages could be solved. He traveled to many familiar worlds, fighting data heartless and computer bugs, cleaning one world after the next. The Disney gang managed to get transported inside of the Datascape to meet Datasora and help him clean up the mess, and Data Riku even appears, stating that he is all of the data in the journal given form in order to protect it from being lost to the corruption. Even Pete and Maleficent make an appearance, discovering a way into the Datascape, determined to use it for their own ends to help in their never-ending quest to conquer all worlds. Again, what's important in this game isn't so much the journey, but the destination. For the destination finally confirmed longtime theories that many fans had all but deduced long ago. During the final stretch of the game, Datasaur finds himself in the journal's recreation of Castle Oblivion, the place where real Sora had lost his memories. As Sora journeys through the castle, he is met at each floor by a mysterious figure in a black hood. It is clear to the player who this is by his voice. It is Data Roxas. After every world and every floor, Roxas instructs Sora in the way of hurt and tries to convince him to let go of not only his hurt, but the hurt of others, to bury it deep down where it can't hurt him. Roxas argues that too much hurt is dangerous, it's bad for a person. They can lose themselves completely and be pulled into the darkness. Roxas is the journal's final test, a way of Sora proving that he is ready to carry the hurt, the truths that it hides deep within, for those truths hold much pain. Sora argues against Roxas saying that hurt is part of being human, having a heart. Sure, you can get lost in it, it can feel overwhelming, but the hurt also means you're a person, that you have a heart because you have feelings. And because you have a heart, you have connections with people that cause you to hurt when you miss them or they leave, even if you don't remember them. As one final challenge, Roxas fights Sora, and Sora overcomes, with Roxas eventually becoming one with him, as he does in Kingdom Hearts 2. And when he does, Sora is overwhelmed with the hurt that Roxas feels. Could this be what the journal meant? about mending their hurts. At the end of Castle Oblivion, Datasora, now joined by Mickey Mouse, encountered Data Nomine, and it is here that we get all the answers to all the riddles. Nomine reveals that she was the source of the bugs and corruption in the journal. Nomine explains that while she was recompiling and reconnecting Sora's memories, she discovered memories buried deep down that were not his. They belonged to other people, people who had a bond with Sora's heart even though he might not realize it. Those memories were full of pain and hurt, so much so that they caused the very corruption and distortion that plagued the journal for the whole game. As she restored Sora's memories, she realized that she had to be very careful with them and be sure that when they were revealed deep within the memories of the journal, that they would be ready to face and carry them. The screen turns white and we see these individuals for the first time connecting all of the games together for the first time in canon. 
we see images of the sea salt trio, Roxas, Shion, and Axel. And we see images of the Wayfinder trio, Terra, Aqua, and Ventus. Mickey recognizes them and finally understands what Namine is trying to tell them. These people have all been hurt by the schemes and machinations of Xehanort. They've had their lives taken away and friendships torn apart. And that is the source of the pain. This is the hurt that they have to mend. Because Roxas is Sora's nobody and because Ven's heart resides within Sora, he has a connection to all of these people. That is why these painful memories were buried deep within his heart. And because of these connections, Sora, and only Sora, has the ability to save them and end their hurt. With this information revealed, Data Sora thanks Namine, fulfilling the one-line promise in Jiminy's journal. Mickey returns to the real world and writes Sora the letter that Kairi finds at the end of Kingdom Hearts 2, explaining everything to him about the people connected to him and their pain, about how the truth of himself and the Keyblade isn't just a chance set of circumstances, and how only he can help to mend the pain of our past heroes who are suffering. After wrapping up a long story arc and personal journey in Kingdom Hearts 2, Sora's next adventure is clear. There are people who need him, and he will stop at nothing to mend their hurt. We have two more scenes to go that give us some vital information for the future of the series. After the credits, we see King Mickey consulting with Yen Sid about the events that have transpired and about past events that involved Master Xehanort. When Yen Sid flashes a concerned look, he delivers grave news to Mickey that Master Xehanort's return is all but guaranteed. When Mickey asks how this is possible, Yen Sid delivers us another interesting lore tidbit for the Kingdom Hearts universe. When Master Xehanort possessed the body of Terra, he ultimately split himself into a heartless, Ansem, and a nobody, Xemnas. Sora defeated both of these manifestations of Xehanort, supposedly foiling his plans for good. But it is here that Yen Sid reveals to us more about the nature of heartless and nobodies. Heartless contained the heart of a person who felt darkness, while nobodies possessed the body and spirit. If these two entities are defeated, the true person is recompiled, recompleted, a full being that walks the worlds once again. Yen Sid tells us that since Sora defeated both Xehanort's Heartless and Nobody, that Xehanort's resurrection is all but guaranteed and says they must prepare. He tells Mickey to fetch both Sora and Riku. To combat Master Xehanort, they will need more Keyblade Masters, and it is time for the boys to face the Mark of Mastery exam, setting up the plot for Dream Drop Distance. The final scene, which actually takes place earlier in the game, concerns Maleficent and Pete. As they leave the Datascape willingly, Maleficent makes mention of something we've never heard about before in the Kingdom Hearts lore. As she speaks with Pete, she mentions how the digital world of the journal reminds her of something similar she once heard before, an item called the Book of Prophecies. She recounts how the Book of Prophecies is rumored to foretell events before they happen, even conjuring worlds and events before they happen from its very pages. 
After so many failures with past schemes thanks to Sora's interference, Pete and Maleficent decide to try this new angle, searching for an object that could tell them the outcome of events before they happen, giving them an edge they need to be able to conquer all worlds. And with that, the story of Kingdom Hearts Recoded comes to a close, as well as the story of this trio of games. The stage is set for the rest of the series going forward. Against all odds, it appears that Master Xehanort's return is inevitable. It appears he wasn't bluffing when he told Terra that he had many roads he could take in case one of his plans failed. Once again, Master Xehanort looms large over the series, looking to finish his work once and for all. Will Sora and friends be ready to face this new threat? And can Sora help all those who have suffered in Xehanort's wake? And what is this book of prophecies that Maleficent speaks of? All of these stories will be addressed in future Kingdom Hearts titles. Very briefly, we'll tie all this together because, like I said, there's a lot of retread ground and recoded as it was intended to be a mobile phone experience. But we do get a few pretty significant reveals in this story, which at the time, if you were playing these games as they came out, were very, very pretty big reveals. But since I've been tying things together as I go along, a lot of this information I kind of already alluded to or went over in Birth by Sleep and kind of tied all this information forward. We, I revealed to you at the end of Birth by Sleep what Mickey's letter was about, and it's basically dealing with helping the people who had been hurt by Xehanort. Just to kind of wrap everything up here, Nominate discovered these hidden memories inside Sora as she was chaining his memories back together, and these memories were so riddled with pain and hurt that they had the potential to significantly damage Sora's heart if they were brought to the surface. Now you might ask, how does Sora have these memories of these people who aren't him inside of him? Well, obviously... Roxas is his nobody, he would have his memories, and Ven's heart is residing inside of him. So his connection to Ven's heart obviously gives him a connection to Ven's memories, giving him connection to the memories of birth by sleep. The pain in these memories was the source of all the bugs in the journal, and Namine used this as a sort of test to ensure that whoever uncovered the journal secrets would be strong enough to, to handle them. Upon this discovery, Mickey writes the letter to Sora, that we see Kyrie give him at the end of Kingdom Hearts 2, describing to him all that they had discovered in the journal and basically giving us a plot thread for his next adventure. He has to go back and heal the pain of those who had been hurt by Xehanort's schemes because Namine believes that they can be saved, because he is so uniquely connected to everyone that he's the only one that can help them. Which ties in great with Sora's character because Sora's character is all about his connections with other people. And then we get that chilling reveal right at the end as Yensid and Mickey are conversing about what comes next. Yensid reveals to us that Master Xehanort's return is all but inevitable. His Heartless and Nobody are both defeated by Sora, which guarantees that he will return, giving us a new wrinkle in Kingdom Hearts lore. People who become Heartless and Nobodies, they don't die necessarily as the, the spirit is the component of the body in the Kingdom Hearts lore that determines life and death. The nobody portion contains the body and the spirit, while the heartless portion contains the heart. And we get this lore tidbit introduced that 
if a person who is split into a nobody and a heartless, if both those portions get defeated, that person returns to being a full person with the body, the heart, and the spirit portion all in one place. Which means, if Yen Sid's guesstimate is correct, the old, wise, and dangerous Master Xehanort would return, and they had to be ready. So Yen Sid has Mickey summon Riku and Sora to face the Mark of Mastery exam, and this sets up the plot for Dream Drop Distance, where this event does happen the next game we will be getting into. I just find this interesting that this piece of lore is told to us now, and I think... What's more interesting is that when Xehanort and Terra were discussing inside of Terra's heart at the end of the Birth by Sleep Seeker video, and Xehanort's like, you're just one of many paths I might choose to take. When this happened, he made sure that he had a plan that where he could return to his original self if things went sideways, and now this is seems like it's going to happen, right? What's more, we get this rule that Nobodies and Heartless, if they're defeated, recompile into an actual person. All the members of Organization 13 were powerful nobodies that retained their sense of self. So if their nobodies were defeated and their Heartless were defeated, does that mean the people of Organization 13 are now, are now also recompleted into actual people? And what does that mean for Roxas and Axel and Zigbar and all these people that, that we know about? We'll have to see if that comes into play later. Also an interesting way to <laughs> kind of have more characters available for Nomura to go forward. But I think this really stresses the point that of the Kingdom Hearts body physiology, the heart and the body aren't the most important aspects when it comes to a living being. It is the spirit. As long as the spirit is contained and a heartless and nobody are defeated, all that stuff is kind of recompiled into a singular being again, which makes for interesting possibilities in the entire series, right? And kind of goes back to Kingdom Hearts 2, which was part of the reason why Roxas had to reunite with Sora after he became a Heartless in Kingdom Hearts 1. You could argue that in his adventures in Chain of Memories that Sora was not a complete person because his Heartless had been vanquished, but he was still kind of roaming around in the world, but Araxis also existed. There's a lot of interesting stuff in there that we could spend time talking and speculating about, but I don't think we'll we'll spend this episode doing that. Our last reveal is also interesting. Maleficent casually drops a hint about something called the Book of Prophecies, a tome that apparently can foretell future events and can conjure visions of worlds and events that haven't happened yet from its pages. She's never mentioned this before. We have never heard of this in Kingdom Hearts lore before. We know nothing else about this supposed book of prophecies, what it is, where it came from, how Maleficent heard about it, how it ties into the overarching Kingdom Hearts lore. But Nomura doesn't just drop things casually and leave them alone. You can bet that this will turn up later in a future title as a future plot point. But for right now, just kind of keep it in the back of your pocket and we might get to it sooner than you think. I won't tease that much more, but it becomes a pretty significant plot point for one of the things coming after Dream Drop Distance. You might groan and roll your eyes and be like, oh, typical trope, book of prophecies, blah, blah, blah. We'll touch on that in just in a couple episodes, and I'll kind of explain how there's like a unique twist on it. Because Nomura 
does do tropes, but he also tries to twist tropes as to make them unique and make them fresh. So we will see about that in our future, future adventures. As for coded and recoded, this is the end of that arc. Like I said, not a long episode compared to the other ones. Not a lot of information revealed to us that we didn't already know, but I still wanted to talk about it in terms of its place in the series, its development history and all that stuff. But we're on to our next adventure, Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance, where Sora and Riku will face the Mark of Mastery exam. And I think out of all of the games that I've been thinking about in this series and thinking about future titles, this is the one that I'm approaching with the most apprehension because just to give you a little teaser, I really like Dream Drop Distance, but there are certain plot points and things that happen in the game and the way the game deals with this dual adventure of Sora and Riku that really, really fuck with your brain and really cause a lot of the source of confusion in the overall Kingdom Hearts story for longtime fans from people on the outside. Like this is this is the game where if you're going to say shit goes off the rails like this is the game where where shit goes off the rails because it introduces a component that no matter what story or series or genre you're introducing it in always always creates complications for an overarching story and the story that is as complicated as kingdom hearts this causes some frustration for a lot of people but We'll get to that when we cover Dream Drop Distance, which hopefully will be out in a couple of weeks. As for Recoded, as for this trio of games, we're done. We're moving on. This is the story. This is the story arc that these trio of games have set up for us. We need to help all these people, and we need to prepare for the return of Master Xehanort. And this story arc will take us through to the end, to the conclusion of Kingdom Hearts 3, and until our new story threads are set up at the end of that game to take us into Kingdom Hearts 4 and beyond. But with that being said, thank you guys so much for listening to yet another Nomura Kingdom Hearts episode ramble. I am <laughs> proud to take the mantle of the unofficial number one Nomura fan cast, and it's been an absolute joy. I've learned a lot doing these last three games about the way I want to handle guiding keys going forward. So I think Kingdom Hearts 1, Chain of Memories, and Kingdom Hearts 2 are me figuring out what I wanted the series to be. I think these middle three games were me kind of figuring out some of the more finer details about the way I want to communicate the information to you guys. So going into this last series of games, covering this last arc, which is going to be Dream Drop Distance, uh, Union Cross, which is the mobile game, Dark Road, which is another mobile game component, 0.8 Final Chapter Prologue, Dream Drop Distance, Kingdom Hearts 3, and Melody of Memory, which is the games we have left to cover. I think I have a better handle on how I want to conclude this arc going forward. But thank you guys so much for listening, for the support, as always. If you'd like to find me on the internet, talk to me about more Kingdom Hearts stuff, you can go to linktr.ee forward slash unlockables podcast and find my personal Twitter, the podcast Twitter, my Instagram, invite to the Discord server, all that fun stuff so you can come and talk to me about Kingdom Hearts. Our Discord server is a great little community full of content creators and people who love video games. We love sports, music, we talk about a whole bunch of stuff. Come and chat with us, have a good time. It's an inviting space for all to be 
welcome. That being said, wrapping it up here, we're going on to Dream Drop Distance, and I'm very, very excited. So, as always, it's not just a story of video games, it's a story of you, and may your heart be your guiding key.